This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus, in the heavenly realms, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. The message today is the second miraculous catch of fish at the Sea of Tiberias. On February 5th in this series, we dealt with the first miraculous catch of fish in Luke chapter 5. In that miracle in Luke chapter 5, we find the key to understanding the principle of say it, do it, receive it, and tell it in the Bible. In fact, we, we did a whole series on this back in 2019. We called How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. We talked about using these four steps to write a ticket of victory. And these four steps are not just seen in the New Testament. They're also seen in the Old Testament. We see it, for example, in David's victory over Goliath. Say it, do it, receive it, and then tell it. And we said that if anybody, anytime, will take these four steps or put these four principles into action, they will always receive from the Lord whatever they are desirous of. And it is astounding how in this series, the miracles of the New Testament, we see these same four steps, not in all, but in many of the miracles of the New Testament. It was in that miracle, the first miraculous catch of fish in Luke chapter 5, where Peter uttered those famous words. And in my humble opinion, these are some of the most important words in the New Testament. In my humble opinion. Luke chapter 5, verse 5 Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. <laughs> Friend, aren't you tired of having nothing? Aren't you tired of being unproductive? We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so. These are some of the most important words in the New Testament. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. Lift your hands up, say to Father God, because you say so. So the first miracle of Jesus, which was the wedding at Cana, turning water into wine, was a miracle of provision. And the first miraculous catch of fish in Luke chapter 5 was also a miracle of provision. And now this morning we come to the second miraculous catch of fish in John 21, and it is also a miracle of provision. In Luke 5, Peter and the others had worked hard all night and it caught nothing. Jesus asked to borrow Peter's boat. Peter was a blessing, and Jesus blessed Peter in return. And so Peter met the master of provision, Jesus in the flesh. He met God incarnate, the Son of God, the Savior of the world in the flesh, and Peter learned that Jesus provides. Say it out loud, Jesus provides. This is how and why Peter and the others with him could leave everything and follow Jesus, because they saw it. Jesus provides. Jesus would then minister for three and a half years. 
before giving his life as a sacrifice for the sins for the entire world, for my sins and for your sins. He preached the word of God. He taught people to love God. He taught people to love, love each other. He had compassion and he had mercy for, on the people. He walked in grace. In fact, he was grace incarnate. He healed the sick. He cast out devils. He delivered people. He freed people from demonic oppression. He even raised the dead. And then the Roman authorities, the government authorities, the Jewish religious authorities put him to death. And no doubt for the men who had chosen to follow Jesus, this was a setback. This was a disappointment. This was a failure of epic proportions. Again and again, Jesus had told them that he would lay his life down, yet they did not understand until after Jesus had done just that and had been raised from the dead. So in John 21, the disciples are discouraged. Think about it. Jesus has died. In John 20, some of the disciples, Mary, Thomas, and others, had seen the resurrected Christ, yet it's evident some did not really believe. Some did not really have faith that Jesus had been raised from the dead. How do we know this? By what they did in John 21. Even Thomas, who had doubted, but had put his hand in Jesus' side and, in, and had felt the scars on Jesus' hands, even Thomas still struggled. How do we know this? Because in John 21, <clears throat> he goes fishing with the others. Some also did not get that now that Jesus had given his life and had been raised from the dead and had shown himself to him and that he had breathed the Holy Spirit on them, that they were now to go out into the world and preach the good news. How do we know they didn't get it? Because of what they did in John 21. John 21, afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. I mean, it is, it is just so similar to Luke chapter 5. And, you know, maybe we're not supposed to have favorites, but this has always been one of my favorite miracles in the Bible because... I see for the second time in this span of three and a half years, they worked all night and caught nothing. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I have. I have. I've worked all year and not moved ahead financially. I've worked all year and seemed like I haven't accomplished a doggone thing. I don't know if anybody else has ever done that. Maybe I'm the only person in the room that's ever done that. But you know, I can totally relate. I can completely relate to working all night and not uh, catching anything. I completely get it. And I get it happening twice in three and a half years. I completely relate to this. But I'm the only one in the room, I guess. You know, you try this, it doesn't work. You try that, it doesn't work. You go do this, it doesn't work. I mean, I, I guess I'm the only person here this morning that ever feels like, you know, <laughs> what's the point? What's the use? Hallelujah. So I relate, and I relate, too, to his kindness, and I relate, too, that he is aware of our frustrations. Hallelujah. 
So for the second time, they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Also, the second reason I love this miracle so is, and it reminds me of, we haven't dealt with it in this series because there's not a miracle involved, but I love in Luke's gospel, after the resur resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's walking down the road to Emmaus, and there are these two disciples. And because he's in his resurrected body, they didn't recognize him. And they're walking along and they're talking about the things that had happened recently and the death of the one that they thought was the Messiah. And uh, Jesus opens the scriptures to them from the prophets about what was spoken about the Messiah to come. And they, but they never recognized him. And then they say, well, we're, you know, they're going to part company. And they, but they invite Jesus to dinner. And he says, all right, I'll, I'll eat dinner with you. And it's when he took the bread and broke it and gave thanks that they recognized him. Now you learn a lesson here. There's a lot of criticism about blessing. But after his resurrection, he was recognized in one of two ways by breaking bread and giving thanks and he was recognized by this miracle of provision in John 21. Don't be one of these negative Nellies when you see God blessing a brother or sister and say, well, it's the devil blessing them. Look, I have lived long enough to know that the devil is not blessing anybody. And so... When I see a miracle of provision, I see God. Amen. You know, we were up there on three and a quarter acres, a little postage stamp, had a hundred, well, I'd have to go back and look how much money we had on hand. And uh, I mean, it was crazy to buy all this land and sign a contract, borrow $12 million. It was crazy. And, uh, and then some crazy guy stands up and says, not only... Well, we build it all, but we'll, we'll, when we move in, we'll have more money than when we started. And, and as if that's not crazy enough, then a few weeks later, some crazy guy stood up and says, not only will we have more money than we started, we'll move in and we'll have all brand new furniture. And, uh, and, and we built all the alternates because we're talking about the contractors about doing alternates on phase two. <laughs> Why would we do that if you want to build it all? to be prudent. But anyway, we built it all in phase one. Hallelujah. And the day we moved, we had all brand new furniture and we had more money on hand than the day we started. And you know what it was? A miracle. I said, I'm telling you, it was a miracle. I mean, there, you can't do that on a laptop. You can't do that on a spreadsheet. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. So when I see provision, supernatural provision, I see God, and I don't criticize it. Amen? Amen. Amen. They caught nothing early in the morning. Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, they didn't recognize him in his resurrected body. They caught nothing. Friends, aren't you tired of accomplishing nothing? I said, aren't you tired of accomplishing nothing? 
Jesus appeared to them in his resurrected body and they didn't recognize him. Number one, Jesus said it. Verses five and six, he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Of course, it didn't make sense. Jesus said it. Number two, the disciples did it. Verse five, he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some when they did. Shout out loud five times when they did. When they did what? When they did what Jesus said do, when they obeyed Jesus, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. So the disciples did it. Number three, the disciples received it. They were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. The disciples received it. Number four, John told it, verse seven. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that is John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. How did he know it was the Lord? Talk to me. How did he know it was the Lord? How did he know it was the Lord? How did he know it wasn't Tom, Dick, or Harry? Talk to me. How did he know it was the Lord? I'm doing a better job preaching than you are responding. I'll tell you that right now. How did John know it was the Lord? By the miracle of provision. I mean, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been Herod. Wouldn't have been Pilate, wouldn't have been the high priest, right? It had to be the Lord. Picking up in verse 7, then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning, coals there with fish on it and some bread. <laughs> Dear God, he can come up with fish and bread and not even go fishing. <laughs> Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. Jesus was okay with eating animals and eating meat. You know, it doesn't say he said, hand me a granola bar. <laughs> Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn open. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dare ask, dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. How did they know it was the Lord? <laughs> By the miracle of provision. Jesus came, took the, that's what I want in your life in 2024, I want you to come to the same service a year from now and your hearts be full of joy because God doubled you in 2024. <laughs> tell, you, tell your neighbor, that ain't no big deal for God. Tell the neighbor on the other side, that's no big deal for God. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This is now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So what is the challenge of faith? The challenge of faith is to continue believing God, to continue following Jesus, to continue in faith, even when you face disappointments, setbacks, and failures. For us, disappointments or failures are things like a financial setback, maybe losing a job, 
even losing a home, bankruptcy, a situation that doesn't go the way we thought it would, a sickness or an illness, a person, maybe even a, a husband or a wife letting you down. Don't be one of these people that gets disappointed and quits God. I don't understand getting disappointed and quitting God. My disappointments drive me back to God 100% of the time. Because what hope do I have but the Lord? For Peter and the others, their disappointment was that Jesus had been put to death. And they didn't really believe that he was risen. How do we know? By what they did. They, went, they weren't out fishing for men. They were fishing for fish. They went back to their boats and nets. For three and a half years, 12 grown married men had traveled with Jesus in the ministry and Jesus had provided for them every step of the way. Yet now they, that they thought he was gone and they were having a hard time believing God to provide. But once again, once again, once again, once again, the master of provision shows up. Hallelujah. Peter loved Jesus. We know that. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, Luke chapter 5, Peter left everything behind to follow Jesus. He was one of Jesus' most loyal, bold, and devoted followers. When the authorities arrested Jesus, it was Peter who tried to stop it with violence and cut off the ear of the high priest slave, Malchus. Peter, like us, wasn't perfect. When, Peter, when Jesus would ask Peter questions, he didn't always have the right answers. When uh, Jesus would teach, Peter didn't always understand. He didn't always get it. And at the most important and critical moment of Jesus' ministry, Peter denied Jesus three times. No doubt Peter was struggling with believing God. No doubt Peter was struggling with walking in faith. Perhaps he also thought that he was no longer fit to serve God because of what he had done. And so what does he do? Well, he says, I'm going fishing. He goes back <coughs> to his boats and his nets. And what happens once again, the master of provision shows up. Jesus will get some people's attention through a healing. Jesus will get other people's attention through a deliverance. But there are people and they're not going to have a revelation of Jesus without a miracle of provision. I want you to see that. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready and willing to be used as an instrument in a miracle of provision. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That it would be a sign and a wonder. Amen. The challenge of faith is to continue believing God, to continue following Jesus, to stay in faith even when you face disappointments, setbacks, and failures. Maybe you didn't accomplish a goal when you thought you would. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe 2023 has not been what you had hoped. Maybe your marriage failed. Maybe a child disappointed you. Maybe you disappointed your family. Maybe you faced a sickness and you struggled with believing God for healing. No matter what disappointments, setbacks, or failures you have faced, I have come down to this house this morning to encourage you today to shake it off and to stop looking at the problem and to get your eyes and your focus and your attention on the Lord Jesus. 
Stop looking at the problem and look at the one who is the solution to whatever it is you are facing in your life. Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. Shout out loud five times. Jesus is the answer. John 21, 3, Peter said, I'm going out to fish. They said, we'll go with you. Have you ever faced a disappointment? And then your attitude was, fine, I'm going back to what I did before. Or fine, I'm going to quit. Or fine, I'm going to give up. I know I've had that attitude before. I remember, <laughs> I don't really have time for a side journey. But I remember my first cross-country race in high school at Anderson High School in Anderson Township, Ohio, outside of Cincinnati. And, and the school was a huge high school, 2,600 kids. So it didn't, you know, wrestling team, oh my gosh. I, I kept trying to get my weight down because the guy at my weight level, he was all, st all st state. And the guy in the weight class above him was all state. And the guy, the only hope I had was to get down to the lower class, which I... I never really accomplished. And, uh, but anyway, my first cross country race, I mean, these guys, these guys ran into Columbus in the state tournaments. I mean, they, they, it was a big school. So I start out and I'm trying to keep up with them. Well, <laughs> that didn't work. And so I get about two thirds through it and I just stop running and I just walk the rest of the, the course. And there was an assistant coach. See, that's why. That's why education is important, and that's why who works in a school is important, and that's why these pieces of the puzzle are important. This assistant coach, his name was Neiman, and he pulled me aside, and he said, look, Gene, he said, here's what you did. You started out, and you tried to keep up with the leaders, and he said, these guys are all state. They're going to run in Columbus. He said, you can't do that. He said... So pick somebody that normally runs about like you do, keep up with them. And he said, always have this in your mind. Here I am, 68 years old, and I'm rehearsing this. He life coached me. And he said, you're not really running against them. You're running against your own potential. Hallelujah. And he, then he, he grabbed me by the shoulders and he said, from this day to your last day, don't you ever quit anything again for the rest of your life. Amen. And I haven't. So I may go slower than some of you all think I should, but I'm going to get there. Amen. Amen. I'm going to finish my course. Hallelujah. 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 But I understand disappointments. <laughs> I understand failing myself. I think that's the biggest disappointment in life is when we feel like we have failed ourselves. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there is an answer. There is a solution. See, your ex-wife may not have given you a second chance, but the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You might have had parents didn't give you a second chance, but the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, thank God, thank God for his faithfulness. 
So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Friends, aren't you tired of accomplishing nothing? They went out fishing in their own strength. There it is. They went out fishing in their own strength and they caught nothing. They went back to their former way of life and they caught nothing. When someone gives their life to God and then gets disappointed for whatever reason and chooses to go back to their former way of life or chooses to go back to sin or chooses to stop living for God, they are signing themselves up for disappointment. You can go back but you'll catch nothing. Tell, you, tell the neighbor on the one side, you can go back, but you'll catch nothing. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you can go back, but you can, you'll catch nothing. See, once you give your life to God, there is no turning back. Tell the neighbor on the one side, once you give your life to God, there is no turning back. Tell the neighbor on the other side, once you give your life to God, there is no turning back. Jesus said it this way, if you put your hand to the plow and look back, you are not fit for the kingdom of God. So, yeah, but I failed. Well, join the club. Yeah, but I, I'm disappointed in myself. Join the club. Yeah, but I really, you know, screwed it up. Well, join the club. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there was only one per perfect person in 6,000 years and they murdered him. So uh, there's no point in saying, oh, me, I, I really boogered this up. Well, join the club. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church is not a gathering of perfect people. The church is the gathering of the forgiven of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Luke 5, Jesus called these men to be fishers of men, and yet here they have gone back to being fishers of fish. When you do what Jesus has not called you to do, you will be unsuccessful. But praise God, God is good, God is loving, God is gracious, God is merciful. Our God is the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. I thank God, I think I'm on number one chance 1,000, amen. I love this, I love it, I love it, I love it. This I recall to my mind, therefore, have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, my friends, the mercies of the Lord are new every morning, and that is why we have hope. So they're out there fishing. They're out there doing their own thing, even though they had already encountered the resurrected Jesus. But praise God, God is loving and God is merciful and God is forgiving. And the master of provision shows up again. John 21, 4, friends, haven't you any fish? He called out to them in verse 5, haven't you any fish? Jesus showed up. He says, hey, guys, I see you're doing your own thing again. Hey, guys. Yeah, I see you've gone back to fishing for fish and you're not doing what I told you to do, fishing for people. How's that working out for you, guys? I can see them being embarrassed and ashamed. And then Jesus lowers the boom. Friends, haven't you any fish? This is like God asking us, how's it working out for you doing your own thing? How's it working out for you not living by faith? How's it working out for you not obeying the word of God? 
We know the answer in our hearts. We know the answer. We might deny the answer in our minds, but in our hearts, we know the answer. Friends, haven't you any fish? But there is a solution. There is a solution when you've faced a setback and you've gotten out of faith and you've gone back to doing your own thing. There is a solution. <laughs> Thank God there is a solution. And the solution is to once again hear God and obey God. The solution is to once again do what God has called you to do. The solution is to once again follow the master of provision. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, when they did what? When they did what Jesus said to do, when they obeyed Jesus, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Once again, we see the key to receiving from God is to hear God and to obey God. It's what Jesus' mother said to the servants at the wedding of Canaan, the first miracle, just do whatever he tells you to do. You see, God knows what you're believing him for in 2024. God knows your dreams and the desires of your heart. And the answer, the solution is simple. Just hear God and obey God and do whatever God lays on your heart to do. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did so, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. So the secret to receiving your miracle is to hear God and obey God. The secret to receiving from God is to hear God and obey God. The secret to walking by faith is to hear God and to obey God. The secret to receiving your dreams and desires coming to pass is to hear God and to obey God. And look at the results. They were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Hallelujah. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. Verse 11, Simon climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. So once again, once again, the disciples went from nothing to something. They went from nothing to abundance. They went from lack to provision. They went from not enough to more than enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what happens when you partner your life together with God. This is what happens when you begin obeying God and his word. This is what happens when you begin living a life of faith. This is what happens when you do precisely and exactly what Jesus says to do. This is what happens when you hear and obey. So what is the challenge of faith? The challenge of faith is to continue believing God, continue following Jesus, and to stay in faith even when you face disappointments and setbacks and failures. Never quit, never give up, and never go back. Press on, press on, press on, press on. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, believe God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, but I messed that up. <laughs> well, we all have. Hallelujah. Pick yourself up. Thank God, thank God, thank God. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Let's bow our heads. I want to give an opportunity for people to make their commitments and decisions for the Lord. You might be here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. 
you've never asked him to come into your life as your Lord and Savior, but you'd like to do so this morning. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will open the door. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I want to I want to give my life to God. I, you might be one of those people and, and you quit on yourself. Really, more than quitting on God, you quit on yourself. But how many this morning would say, Pastor Gene, I want to give my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to be his child. I want to live for God. I want to I want to live by faith and see what, what God can do. I know what I can do. I want to see what God can do. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high to where we can see it. We're going to pray. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to make a decision for Jesus this morning. You might be here this morning and you're away from God. You're backslidden. Maybe you're one of those people that you, you went back to doing your own thing or you went back to old friends or you went back to old habits. You got discouraged. It happens. Well, the word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm backslidden, but I don't want to live a backslidden life, not another day. Pastor, pray for me. I want to I pick myself up, dust myself off, and I want to put myself in the hands of God and see what God can do. I know what I can do, not much. I want to see what God can do. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. We're going to pray. For the sake of those watching online, we want to pray the prayer. Everybody in the room, we have somebody over here? I see. Why don't we all stand up? If you raised your hand for either invitation, I want you to gather your belongings in hand, and I want you to join me here at the front. Be bold about it. Because, you know, the world is crazy bold about their nonsense. We ought to be crazy bold about our faith and our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you raise your hand for either invitation, gather up your belongings, join me here at the front, step out into the aisle, join me here at the front, we're going to pray. God bless you. Amen. And if you'd like to join this wonderful young gal, then you're welcome to come. Amen. The Swahili always comes to my mind. Karibu, you know, you're welcome. Come. Amen. God loves you. God's for you. Hallelujah. Whatever he's done in my life, he'll do in anybody's life because he's no respecter of persons. All right, so for her sake, for the sake of anybody watching online, God bless you. Let's pray this prayer out loud together. Father God, I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way, done my own thing, and I've, done, and I've lived selfishly. But I'm done with all of that. I know what I can produce not much. So I give my life to you. In the name of Jesus, I confess my sins and I ask that you would forgive me. And I thank you, Father God. According to your word, I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead and with my mouth, I say, Jesus is Lord. So according to your word, I belong to you. My sins are washed away and you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I thank you for it in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
Now this provision he made for us includes being filled with his spirit. When, when they pray with you, they're gonna give you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. You can receive the gift, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This provision that he made for us includes healing. If there's anything amiss in your body, they'll pray with you, believe God, because see, if you're his child, you're covered. And you receive, you can receive the spirit, you can receive the healing, the whole thing today. It's not something we have to wait for later on down the road. Amen. God bless you. If you will go with Mr. Jeff Hughes and our prayer counselors, we'll get you right back in the service as quick as we can. Let's give God thanksgiving for her.